Hi, everyone, and welcome to She Talks Law season one finale. Can't believe that we're here. Thank you to our audience for joining and learning with us as we tackled some of the top trending issues of 2022. From telehealth to gender equity and Title IX to cybersecurity, we discuss topics that have challenged us as individuals, businesses, and the legal landscape in 2022. For the final episode of this season, drumroll, I wanted to share some of my key takeaways that have stayed with me. Throughout this episode, you'll hear from me and some of our previous guests on important issues that we covered this year and what lessons we can bring with us as we start 2023. To start off, I wanted to discuss one overarching theme that came up in almost every episode this season, and that was the importance of diversity, equity, and inclusion in the workplace. At Nixon Peabody, DEI is part of our core values, and I really wasn't that surprised that it came up in multiple conversations throughout the season. Regardless of industry, there's been an overwhelming movement to build more equitable workplaces. We're even seeing state and federal legislatures and agencies adding calls for boards to increase board diversity through various legislative initiatives and corporate compliance requirements. DEI programs are no longer just, quote unquote, nice to haves for organizations, but they are absolutely need to haves. Many of our DEI conversations centered around being a woman in the workplace. According to McKinsey's Women in the Workplace report, The research revealed that we're amid a great breakup, as they call it. Women are demanding more from work, and they're leaving their companies in unprecedented numbers to get it. Women leaders are switching jobs at, frankly, the highest rates we've ever seen, and at higher rates than men in leadership. This could have serious implications for companies. Women are already significantly underrepresented in leadership. For years... Fewer women have risen through the ranks because of the broken rung at the first step to management. Now, companies are struggling to hold onto the relatively few women leaders they have, and all of these dynamics are just even more pronounced for women of color. One episode where we really explored this topic was She Talks Private Equity. I was joined by Marissa Wiley, a partner in Nixon Peabody's corporate and finance group, and Nikki Lambropoulos, an operating partner at a private equity firm, Cold Bore Capital. Marissa and Nikki both described the private equity industry as being primarily male-dominated, especially when it came to leadership. Marissa shared an interesting insight into ESG and the importance that investors put on it when signing on to a deal. While ESG is becoming increasingly valuable to investors, and on a a personal level, it's, it's really important to people. The real change won't happen until there are more diverse decision makers sitting around the table. I personally think that we won't see big movement here until diverse folks, you know, have a seat at the table. More more women, more minorities are participating in private equity because it's a male-dominated market, first of all. Not to put blame on men, it's overwhelmingly white, but you know, you just don't have those perspectives unless you've walked in the shoes. So I would love to see more women participating in private equity in order for these conversations, women and minorities, for in order for these conversations to take a stronger shift. I agree with Marissa's sentiment here. To have diverse ideas, diverse perspectives need to be available. 
In our episode with Carrie Subut, CEO of Simple Health, she described how proud she was to have a diverse team. As a result, that diverse team is better equipped to serve Simple Health's diverse patient population. Isn't that what we're all striving for? To better service our clients, our consumers, our patients? Her advice when building a diverse team? Have a strategy and get out of your own network. As I look back at my tenure as CEO, and it's true what they say, it's lonely at the top. It's the most difficult job you'll ever have, but sometimes it can be the most rewarding. And what I mean by that is as someone who's half black, half Chinese and disabled, I had always made a commitment to myself personally that I would want to build one of the most diverse teams um, that can match my customer base, and my patient base, right? So just some crazy stats that I'm so exceptionally proud of is that, you know, we're 72% women, we're 47% people of color, we're 46% LGBTQIA+, 36% of our population has reported that they have a disability, 10% are single parents, 6% are veterans. So I would just say, you know, one of the things I talk about when people are like, how did you do it? There was a strategy in how I did it. You know, I think the one thing I tell CEOs who want to strive for these statistics is like, you got to get out of your own network, right? You got to like feel uncomfortable making bridges into other networks. Those are things as much as the lonely days or the hard days are hard. I remind myself that, you know, one thing I can be proud of when I go to bed at night is that like, I do have a very diverse um, group of employees, but they want to help our patients. We learned so many valuable lessons on building diverse teams and supporting women in the workplace throughout this entire season on She Talks Law. But DEI is constantly evolving, and we're all really trying our best to make the right decisions for ourselves and our organizations. I just love what Karen Stacy said during our She Talks gender equity conversation. It's also important to experiment and iterate, right? Nothing is perfect out of the gate. And I think one of the difficulties or one of the biggest challenges we have in law, but I see it in a lot of professions, is this fear of failure that you try something once and because it doesn't work, you decide it's over. We can't do it. But you can't throw it out because it didn't work the first time. You've got to keep working on it. And that's to me, when I think about diversity, equity, and inclusion, that's the mindset we have to have is... Whatever we do, whatever we try, whatever we're working on, it is going to be slow, but it does need to be intentional and we do need to course correct. I really think that's great advice to remember as we all work towards making progress in DEI in our lives and in our careers. We are all learning. We're all making progress, but it's not going to be perfect or anywhere near perfect. We we have a ways to go and it may be slow, but our progress needs to be intentional. Another theme, or I guess you could say two themes that stuck out to me during this season was how important it is to surround yourself with the right people and to work at a company that aligns with your values and goals. With the changes to workplace brought on by the COVID pandemic, employees crave investment in the human aspects of work, a revised sense of purpose, social and interpersonal connections with colleagues and managers, and a sense of shared identity. Workers today want to be recognized and valued and paid a fair price for their job. According to the article in the Harvard Business Review titled, Why Are We So Bad at Choosing the Right Job? It suggests that most individuals seek three specific things from our job. Number one, a sense of competence and mastery. 
We want to perform to or be above the expectation of our role and grow through learning opportunities. Number two, a sense of community or affiliation. We want to create relationships with our colleagues and receive a sense of appreciation and camaraderie. And three, a sense of meaning and purpose. We want to feel that we're doing something that matters and that our personal core values align with that of our organization. It's clear that the workplace landscape has shifted. In a post-pandemic world, many of us have become really accustomed to flexible schedules and more understanding when it comes to work-life balance. We spoke about the importance of workplace culture with Kate Woods of Schweiger Dermatology. Number one thing you can do, hard learned, is I know it's not always possible, but work at a company that respects you and respects they are getting your full, you know, 100% work and your devotion to the company, but they respect that you have a life and that you have a family. I mean, that to me is huge. It sounds simple. Work at a company that respects you, but the second part can sometimes be really hard to find. It's really important to find a company that also respects your time. So not just respects you, but also respects your time that understands when you're at work and you're giving 100%, but that also understands when you're at home with your family and friends, because that time also needs to be given 100%. The good news is so many companies are offering flexibility that never have before. So the goal is certainly achievable as the workplace changes. We also had a great conversation about not only working at the right place, but building the right team. Here's a clip from Lori Taylor, founder and CEO of The Produce Moms. Like I know that, um, and I think that's so important, you know, to one of my biggest lessons in entrepreneurship is you got to own what you do really well and you got to be willing to humble yourself and say, I'm not the best person for this job. Like let's bring in a different expert, add someone to the team. And, and I've always really appreciated that about our, our legal representation with Nixon Peabody and under Laura's leadership, you know, she is quick to say, I'm not the right one for this, but I'm going to introduce you to this person. They're going to be the lead. I'm still going to be involved. Um, and I just, I don't know. I feel like I've got a, I, I guess it's kind of like sorority 2.0, maybe Laura. I don't know, but I feel like I've got a little village helping me. <laughs> what I love about Lori's clip is making the decision to ask for help. We heard that piece of advice a lot through our conversations this season. It's important to know when you are not the right person for a specific job or task at hand and be able to humble yourself and ask for help. And lastly, one takeaway that stayed with me, again, from Marissa Wiley. I asked a woman I really, really respect who runs a pretty prominent industry-focused organization in the area, how she dealt with the boys club. I was like, how do you do it? And she was like, I don't. Stop trying to win their favor. Find your people. And so that's what I've really been trying to do. I have been, you know, as I mentioned, I've been canvassing women in private equity. And it's part of this initiative that we've got going at Nixon to have a woman-led deal team. And I think it's, it's I'm really excited about it because I'm excited to work at a place where we have enough female firepower to do that. When all else fails, find your people. 
Rather than try to win the favor of others, build your own team and find the people that are going to support you and help you achieve your goals. And lastly, another topic that seemed to pop up, not only in She Talks Law, but across various industries in 2022 is cybersecurity and privacy. We continue to see an onslaught of data breaches and cybercrimes impacting organizations, individuals, and even countries this year. In 2022, the average cost of a data breach reached a global record high of $4.35 million. And for the 12th year in a row, the United States holds the title for the highest cost of a data breach at an average of $9.4 million, according to the 2022 Cost of a Data Breach Report by IBM and the Panaman Institute. That can be absolutely devastating for a small business. Although more advanced efforts were taken in 2022 to set federal privacy standards, the effort ultimately came up short. We did, however, see many states pass data privacy laws that will go into effect in 2023, notably the California Consumer Privacy Act or the CCPA and other data privacy laws in Colorado and Utah are among some of the others. During our episode, She Talks Cybersecurity, Jenny Holmes, Deputy Leader of Nixon Peabody's Cybersecurity and Privacy Team, spoke about the lack of an overarching federal law and what it means for organizations' compliance as this, quote, patchwork of state laws continues. This is really important information for businesses to understand as they have to consider not only where they work and operate their business, but also where their consumers are. What I would expect to happen unless we get a federal uh, privacy law, which there are talks, but it never goes anywhere, is eventually we're going to have a patchwork of, you know, 50 state privacy laws. And it's just going to become like sort of a zero sum game. The most stringent is the one that all companies have to comply with. That has to be really scary because I'm thinking in the shoes of a woman in business, like you're just if you're running a business or you're involved in any sort of business, really, with this world, like we're all virtual. And so I don't know whether New York law applies or California law applies. Like if my information, if I'm located here in New York, but, you know, I'm I'm working with an app that is maybe created in California or something mm -hmm. else, and I'm sharing information down in Florida or Virginia or wherever, it can be really confusing. Absolutely. Yeah. It's such a challenge. And then to think about how to make all of these laws work together, mm -hmm. right? So that it doesn't become a total prohibition on your business right. efficiency. You know, how to leverage, okay, I comply with California, but now these three states, how can I take what I've done in California and apply it to these mm -hmm. three states? Um, and so, so, you know, a lot of what we're seeing are companies who are subject to this California law are just giving all all individuals these rights rather than try to segregate, okay, only my California consumers can um, access their information. We're just going to do, quote unquote, the right thing and allow all individuals to access their in information. So how do you protect your business and yourself from a data breach? Jenny offered up some great tips during our episode. And of, of course, this is not an all-encompassing list, but rather a great place to start. She suggested data mapping exercise. First, understand what data you have and where it's coming from. Once you collect that data, where does it go and how long is it kept? Understanding this information first helps you 
make better informed decisions on how best to protect this data. After the data mapping exercise, you can then start to learn what laws apply to your business and your data, and then start to plan or reassess what practices and policies you have in place to protect that data. Chandra Woodley, an advocate and advisor in the technology and security industry and enterprise account executive at Arctic Wolf, also joined us for She Talks Cybersecurity and emphasized the importance of having an incident report policy that is tailored to your business and your team. These policies become ingrained in your employees. We need to approach cybersecurity with a new mindset and really adjust and change our behavior. Her insights on this topic were interesting. It's about changing behavior. And so I think this whole, the entire industry and everything with cybersecurity and privacy, it's a changed behavior and that we really just, you know, mm-hmm. as a bigger picture and, you know, there's a lot of things happening at a geopolitical level and globally, and there's a lot of other bigger stuff happening, but just in our individual, like, are we aware? Do we know what a phishing looks like? And, and then also, you know, too many problems with um, the security awareness training is that people would do it once and say, okay, check the box. Yeah. I did it. Like I did my job and I, I did it. And I, I sat through my 45 minute module and I'm good. And the problem is, you know, 80% of what adults learn, they forget within 30 days. And so if you are not consistently doing that, um, that is a huge problem. And so, you know, it, what are, we launched that because we realized like our modules are three to five minutes. And so it's saying a hey, three to five minutes and relevant. Like when stuff happened mm-hmm. with colonial pipeline, it was saying, Hey, look at like, this is what happened. Like everyone saw it all over the news. And it was it blew up in the media, and but it was hey, what actually happened there, and what does that look like for you as like an individual business or employee, or you know, it's not just the big companies, and so you take it into your everyday of like make sure you're looking out for these things, and make sure you're doing it frequently. Like if you're not doing it, you know, biweekly, monthly, and you're not remembering that stuff, everyone just gets lost in, in their own world of what they're right. doing, and so you forget about the important like the basics. This piece of advice really stayed with me. How interesting to know that 80% of what adults learn, they forget in 30 days. Repeated trainings and education is key in protecting yourself and your business against cybercrime, especially given how complex and ever-evolving the space is. What I loved about this piece of advice is that we actually heard it being practiced in a later episode of the season. When we spoke with Allison Sesso, CEO of RIP Medical Debt, we discussed how her organization collects and stores sensitive medical information. For her, privacy and cybersecurity were top of mind and of utmost importance. During our conversation, Allison and Valerie Montague, a partner at Nixon Peabody, described how they work together on regular employee trainings. We've actually taken a lot of steps to focus on cybersecurity, actually finding um, an outside consultant to help us review like every step, like including including physical attributes of our, our organization and like how we even deal with return mail and things like that. Oh, wow. Um, just to make sure that we are really doing everything we can to protect uh, the, the privacy of the of the those that we help and and the and the data overall that we are that we're dealing with, we really recognize that it is sensitive uh, information um, and that you know there are appropriate laws in place. Um, and so everyone you know that has anything even gets slightly close to our data access are, are HIPAA trained on our team, and we do regular trainings of, related to cybersecurity, to, you know, data breaches, all that kind of stuff regularly. And we do lean on Valerie to help us with our contracts and how they're worded. 
um, and with her expertise overall in terms of what we need to have in place to protect ourselves and, and make sure that we're not only in compliance, but really best practices. I think compliance is always like the low bar. You want to go above the compliance in my mind. Allison's closing line is a dream to hear for every attorney working in this space. Quote, compliance is the low bar. We want to go above compliance. That mentality is paramount when approaching the cybersecurity and data privacy space. It is complex, you know, and at times can be pretty overwhelming. But with the right plan of action in place, you and your business will be prepared for what may come. Thank you so much for listening to this season of She Talks Law. I hope as a listener, you learned as much as I did. While we prepare for season two, we want to hear from you. Let us know what topics you'd like us to discuss or any questions you want the answers to. Email us at shetalkslaw at nixonpeabody.com. If you enjoyed our conversation, subscribe to our show on Spotify or Apple Podcasts and like and follow She Talks Law on Instagram and Facebook. And finally, the views expressed on this podcast do not reflect the views of Nixon Peabody and should not be construed as legal advice. This podcast is not intended to create a lawyer-client relationship and listeners should not act upon anything expressed by presenters without seeking professional counsel. This podcast may constitute attorney advertising under various state ethics rules, and we note prior results do not guarantee a similar outcome. <laughs>